0: to number 47. Woohoo. So, what do we have in store today? We're doing
1: An American Paris
0: from 1951. Exactly, yes. This is our first um, podcast about the 50s. Oh, wow. We have uh, in the countdown, there are three movies from the 50s dropped in the bottom 10, but then we haven't... Gotten anything from the fifties since Gigi at nineteen
1: at eighty-five. Yeah, they at a lot of
0: good movies in the fifties now yep. that I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's a good decade. We haven't there's a span from we talked about Hamlet in forty eight
1: mm-hmm. and my Fair
0: Lady in sixty four, but nothing in between until wow. now. Oh. Wow. So
1: So now we've got an American in Paris yeah, with Gene Kelly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd already heard of him.
0: I've heard of him. Yeah, this is Hollywood in the uh, post-war um, kind of the ending phase of the Hollywood studio system. Like in your Hamilton podcast, we talked about the Paramount cases. Remember mm-hmm. that the regulation, right? Uh, Nineteen fifty-one. Have. you... You, are you familiar or have you ever been familiar with the House Committee on Un American Activities? Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: This is the uh, Joe McCarthy
0: area. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the area is McCarthyism. He was a yeah. senator in the right. committee. It's a House yeah. committee. But Lucy got, Lucille Ball got caught up in that. Yeah, area. yeah. That's, uh, this is the, probably one of the more famous. Stories. What is uh, one in Hollywood? What? Just the whole blacklist yeah. era. So basically, the movie completely unfamiliar. In after World War II, during the Cold War, there was a really intense Red Scare. Uh, communist uh, worrying about communist infiltration um, in America in general. There was. Um, you know, this is kind of around the time where we found out that the Soviet Union had developed a nuclear weapon, and uh, you know, Alger Hiss, I think, was like a, in the White House, I forget what his role was, but he was at least accused of being a spy, you know, the Rosenbergs, and all that. So people were really worried about communism, and um, they were looking at Hollywood and the. 1951 is the second round of hearings, and uh, that was they would uh, bring people in before Congress, and there was basically an unwritten deal between the studio heads and congressional leaders for a blacklist. So people were brought before the committee and asked, Are you or have you ever been a communist? and then they're asked to name people who were associated, and then the committee would target them, and the people who were used to name names would be blacklisted from the industry. So, so is there an
1: example of somebody who was blacklisted?
0: Yeah, well, there's a Hollywood 10, which was from the, the first round of hearings was in 1947, and it really wasn't Taken all that seriously, or it was like, you know, how the house will often have hearings that don't really have teeth, but it's like they'll have hearings on bias in the media, where mm-hmm. it's like they'll, you know, yell at people and create, you know, talking points for their campaign ads, and just like until they know, okay, well, I'm going there to be yelled at, but it's not like I'm going to go to jail or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. a bunch of grandstanding, and so that's like. How they took it in forty seven, um, and it's really the. I mean, we think of Hollywood now as very you know far to the left or the very liberal, but it's like at the time it's it really was not an issue. I mean, Hollywood wasn't um, preaching. I mean. The Hollywood studios were not trying to make people communist or even have a bent. There was you, you can it, Because was up. when was
1: Ronald Reagan president of the Screen Actors Guild?
0: Oh, at this time. At this time, yeah. yeah. So he's yeah, not so known as this
1: big liberal and I mean nowadays you wouldn't be yeah. able to have a Mel Gibson as the president no. of the Screen Actors Guild or
0: No, and he was He became a conservative Republican just kind of in this time period. Okay. He was a registered Democrat, and, like, he's kind of caught up in this as well because... Like a New
1: Deal Democrat, kind of. Exactly. Populist. I mean, he is kind of a populist. Right. In that sense.
0: Yeah. And he was against communism. He did testify before the committee. He wasn't asked to name names, and the, the... we found out later from some screen actor guild records, which were um, classified at the time, that he just he wasn't asked because he gave names off the record okay. to the FBI.
1: People that he knows
0: who are communists. People that yeah, people that get called before the committee, which is. Um, were they there's a lot of controversy in other for
1: industries? that, like newspaper industries or.
0: Yeah. In. I don't know about the media. Yeah, I mean, there was...
1: Bankers in, or something. Yeah,
0: it, McCarthy also was... Yeah, it's a, in the Senate side, um, McCarthy had this famous thing where, you know, there was... X number of people in the government who have ties to the Communist Party, so they're looking at, at the what we would now call the deep state right. or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so the second round yeah, going back to the first round in nineteen forty seven, they didn't think they had teeth and there were nineteen people who just says, Look, I'm not gonna give names, it's not illegal. It's uh-huh. It's right. just I don't agree with what this committee is doing. People are entitled to their own beliefs, <laughs> and it's they weren't even asking them about, you know, now, what are your activities now that we know the Soviet Union is a threat? It's like what were you? Th- they were asking about meetings that people went through in the middle of the Great Depression, which was yeah. a completely different landscape, yeah. and right,
1: yeah, they, especially they, a different economic landscape. You
0: they, might exactly, have been yeah.
1: more open to a.
0: Yeah, and, and the system. Red Scare became kind of a moral panic where you loop in things like you know unionism and, and labor issues with
1: uh-huh.
0: actual communism, which right,
1: is exactly. different. Yeah,
0: yeah. so um, of the 19 that didn't testify, nine of them were dismissed. We don't really know why. Um, but it seems clear, in retrospect, that the studio heads were kind of. There were some off-the-record dealings with Congress that, because they're they're really big stars, were kind of left off of the chopping block and so really target like a lot of nine? writers. The Hollywood Ten is the, yeah. So the nine were we don't know why, but they were.
1: They were dismissed. Right. Were those nine big
0: stars? Um, I believe Charlie Chaplin was one of them. Oh, so I, d- I don't know that all nine were uh-huh. big stars. Uh-huh. You don't really know why they were like, you no. Know, but the other ten are the Hollywood Ten, and they got blacklisted. Okay. Uh, a lot of them were writers. Uh, Dalton Trumbo is the most famous one. Okay. Uh, there was a movie about him a few years ago with Brian Cranston. Okay. And then 1951 was the second round of hearings so okay. this was going on and uh, a lot of people were being asked to name names and uh, oh. yeah uh, uh, famously Ilya Kazan who directed On the Waterfront a little bit later in this era uh-huh. is uh, did name names and he's uh, very controversial because of that okay. and you know it also comes up when we eventually discuss that movie it's also a movie about turning people in so some of the themes are interesting to discuss in that context but we are here to discuss a movie that really has nothing to do with communism but it's (laughs) it's, it's just kind of setting the landscape for the era Uh Um, so what's your background with an american in paris
1: yeah i don't think i'd seen it
0: yeah yeah, it didn't seem familiar to me. I've watched it uh, since. I watched yeah. it this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I've seen it at some point And I think I've only seen it once, but it's also a movie that... Various parts of it come up a lot on retrospectives, and so I was very familiar. I don't think I'd seen it more than once, but I'm very familiar with it uh-huh. just because I've uh, seen a lot of bits and pieces of it. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but before we get into it, let's take a quick look at the...
1: Losers. The
0: Losers. We have four Losers. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of a movie called Decision Before Dawn? No.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, this is a small movie. It ended up, it only got two nominations. One was for Best Picture, obviously. And this is a, a World War II movie that's... Okay. Uh, based on, like, some actual case files, the movie kind of prides itself on, on being very accurate as far as the details. And it's set late in the war where there was a debate about whether to use POW, German POWs as double agents or as secret agents to kind of go behind enemy lines to during those last days of the wars. And... One of the Americans is in favor of this, and the other ones think that, well, they can't be trusted because they're just going to go back to their Germans as much mm-hmm. as they protest that they're right. not Nazis. And so it's a really gripping yeah. drama. It's, okay. It's, it's good.
1: Sounds good.
0: Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of Quo Vadis? No. Where are you going? That's just what it... Um,
1: that's what it means. That's
0: what. It, yes. Quo is where? Is I think where? it's where. Yeah, where do you go? Anyways, think? this is a one of the so big So quid pro trum-
1: quo. That's a that's a. Where? This for
0: that. I don't. Wikipedia says it means where you go. Uh, okay. Okay. So I have my sources are impeccable.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Quid pro quo is from Portuguese. This is Latin. No they're, no, both, no, they're both, they're both <laughs> sorry, I, I don't, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, in the, the one of the big things from the 50s, how they helped compete with television were these large scale epics, biblical epics. Okay. Um, so a lot of these would be directly from the Bible, like the Ten Commandments is probably the most famous. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, using the term more broadly, there's also a lot of stories set in the Roman Empire that deal with early Christianity, uh, like Ben-Hur, which is set at the time of Christ. I'm which really we'll
1: looking, to. looking forward to seeing this.
0: Hobartus? No, or Ben-Hur. Um, Ben-Hur. Okay, yeah, you've never seen it? No. Okay. Yeah, well, if you can want, we'll, well, we'll be getting to it. Um, well, we'll see when we get to it. Uh, anyways, Quo Vadis is set during the reign of Nero. Have you heard of him?
1: Yes. He's yeah. a bad guy.
0: Yeah, he's crazy. He's played wonderfully here by Peter Ustinov. Uh, do you know Peter Ustinov at all? He's a great British actor. who plays great actor. He was... Um, did you ever see the Disney's Robin Hood with the fox and the... And the yes, of you know? course. He plays King or Prince John, the okay. lion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. Just the his, voice,
1: because... The, uh, just the voice,
0: yes. Yeah. Anyways, he plays Nero. He's the best part of the movie. Uh, but it's about one of his... Robert Taylor's in the lead, and he plays one of his officers who falls in love with a Christian woman at the time of these persecutions, and he ends up uh, you know, converting and sacrificing... So that's what the whole plot's about. Oh, about yeah. uh And so it's, at, at it's one like point,
1: pro Christian movie.
0: Well, that I mean, that was the whole. Yeah, I mean, the fifties is replete with those, I and mean, oh. we get into it more with Ben Hur. too. You know. So yeah, at one point he meets Peter, who was that was the name of one of the apostles. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: So. He's familiar. In the, he's in the movie. Peter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's Quo Vodis, Huge hit. Epics were very popular. Okay. That. I hadn't uh, thought about
1: that, is that the epics were kind of competing with television. Oh,
0: yeah. You yeah, a like little large-scale stuff. Um, a Place in the Sun. Have you heard of that?
1: Have you seen well, it? It looks like know. Elizabeth Taylor.
0: Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Clifter in it. This is just a very lurid drama about... It's based on the novel, An American Tragedy, by Theodore Dreiser. Dreiser? Okay. Uh, Montgomery Clift plays this working-class guy who gets a job from his rich uncle and then starts to get kind of seduced by the temptations of upper-class life. And that manifests itself primarily in a conflict between his... Kind of uh, factory worker girlfriend played by Shelly Winters and this high society woman he falls in love with played by Elizabeth Taylor. Wow. Um, and when there's a I lot
1: here hear the name Shelly Winters, I think of I think of the gal from Cheers.
0: That's Shelly Long.
1: Shelly Long. No, okay. Shelly
0: Winters was uh, uh, wrong I'm era. sure you've seen her and stuff. Okay. Poseidon Adventure, um no, um, yeah. The Night of the Hunter, of course. Of course. Yeah. obvious, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at, at any rate, it's really, good. I mean, there's a lot of twists and turns that just kind of, um, keep it tugging along and it has a lot to say about, um, the you know, class struggles in, in mid-century America, um. Uh, I put it on to just refresh myself on it. I, I put it on while I was cleaning, which I normally don't endorse distracted viewing. But it's like my point wasn't to watch it, but just to like uh-huh. kind of refresh. refresh myself and and force myself to clean for two hours. Uh-huh. And I just was engrossed with it the whole time. so oh, I, really? I didn't, yeah, it really holds up well. Yeah. And then finally, the final oh. loser is A streetcar named Desire. Oh. Have you seen it? I'm sure you've heard yeah, of it.
1: I, I think I have seen it.
0: Yeah.
1: A long time ago.
0: Yeah, based on the Tennessee William play, Williams play, it's just a very intense drama about a, a, a proper Southern Belle played by Vivian Lee. Who, Again. Yes. She, exactly. Yeah. It's an interesting follow-up to Scarlett O'Hara. But
1: yeah, but she, she's 10 or 12 years older.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she loses her fortune and goes to live with her sister in New Orleans, and her sh- she immediately has this conflict with this brooding, brutish husband of her brother-in-law, uh, played by Merlin Brando, okay. and uh, he's kind of there's this clash between the genteel Southern manners and this kind of more uh, urban yeah. uh, masculine.
1: This is
0: the Stella much, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, Kim Hunter plays his wife, her sister, Stella. Okay. And it's, it's really great, great drama. Carl uh, Malden's there's, there's in There's a it.
1: lot of good movies this
0: year. Yeah, this is a really terrific year for movies. Streetcar and um, Place in the Sun were both big hits, got great movies. They're both really gripping, serious dramas. Mm-hmm. They're kind of these temple movies from the year. And the industry was like on pins and needles to see which one the Academy would pick. And they're still waiting because the Academy went with An American yeah, uh, the uh I was watching the clip. Jerry Lansky, a producer, uh, was presenting Best Picture. And he opens the books and says, oh, dear. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little streak. Um, wow. An American in Paris. So.
1: That's interesting. One of the bigger
0: surprises. But let's get yeah. into it. What, what is An American in Paris about?
1: So it's about this G.I. who'd gotten, you know, former G.I. right mm-hmm. after World War II, so probably set contemporary to its time, um, yeah. who is an artist and who stayed in... And loved Paris, and so he stayed there. Mm -hmm. So it's Gene Kelly plays the struggling uh, artist and his, like, group of artsy friends in Paris. And then, yeah, that's essentially... And then there's this woman who... This wealthy woman who kind of wants to... I don't know. What's Ostensibly something. to discover him and, you know, or have him discovered, be his, what would you call it, patron? Patroness? Kept man. Yeah, kept man. Patroness. Yeah, she was, yeah, she wants to be his
0: patron. Yeah, but <laughs> she 90's. wants more than that
1: from him. And then he ends up falling in love with the fiance of one of his friends <laughs> and buddies. Yeah. Yeah. And there's amazing dancing, oh, really? and it's a very that? yeah. It's interesting that you say that because this is such a an upbeat, yeah, non serious movie. Yeah, and yeah, you contrast it with it really contrasts with the streetcar named desire. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and yeah, like the place in the
0: sun is yeah. Bit, uh,
1: oh, this one is tragedy. just yeah. this one it's is really so diversion. Oh, yeah. 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 It really... and amazing dancing. Uh-huh. Just, it's hard not to. I mean, I think this, his dancing appeals to everybody. That's great. She was a beautiful dancer, mm-hmm.
0: too. Leslie Caron, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So you liked the movie?
1: Yeah. It was, yeah, it was very.
0: Nice uh, change of pace from the types oh, of yeah. stuff we've been watching. Yeah. Lately. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed going back to this. It's, you know, not the greatest musical of all time. Mm-hmm. It's just a very thin plot, yeah. but it's so it's so well done. Uh, Vincent Manelli, who's the director, has just this real. Is he related to Liza Manelli? He's her father. Oh, okay. He was married Wait, at the mother? time. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I yeah, that. he was married to Judy Garland. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think at the time perhaps at the time of this movie, I don't know, but mm-hmm. he directed her in Meet um, Me in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's known for, he does a lot of musicals, but just has a real attention to detail. I just, I love the, in the opening, just his, when we spent some time in Jerry, Jerry was Gene Kelly's character in his apartment, or his little lift. It's a very cramped space, but it's like, you know, he doesn't just have a Murphy bed, but it's like on a pulley system where he pulls yeah. it up. And there's just all these little details in there about, mm-hmm. like, his closet folds out to his dresser and he has a table come down and so, like, this little, like, yeah. He lives in a place kinda like a walk in closet, but yeah. it's like he makes like a home out of it. And right. I just love like all that detail in the And I could see it. that
1: in Paris. Oh yeah. Because they're, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, he's he's broke, but he just seems to be living this um this enviable life. It's yeah, just he seems li- so li- he lives happy. a life of joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He'd like to have more money, but he has good friends. They show yes. him with, the, you know, around the neighborhood. He's the the scene with that musical with he and the kids.
0: Oh, yeah. So, I Got Rhythm. Oh, yeah, that's yes.
1: right. I Got Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a few songs from this that I didn't know that they were from that I was yeah. very familiar with.
0: Well, it was the musical is it's kind of what we call a jukebox musical. So it took Gershwin's songbook. And okay. So the songs were mostly from the thirties, but they're all by the Gershwins, George and I were Gershwin.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, Jukebox musical. I've never heard that. Yeah,
0: it's like Mamma Mia where they take like the songs from ABBA and make a movie oh, about yeah, it. Yeah. It's not like the songs are made directly for right. the play. But there
1: was a Billy Joel the, one too. Right?
0: Yeah, moving out. Yeah. yeah. Uh the, the Did you four know that piano
1: ones...
0: Man was a limerick? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is a limerick. Uh-huh. Okay, universes. so that,
1: I, that's interesting. You term, yeah. I didn't know Jukebox, jukebox Musical, Yeah. hard to say. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It was a thin plot. Actually, what was interesting to me is this seemed very much like they drew a lot from Casablanca. There are a mm-hmm. lot of very similarities to it. Yeah. But they, they took it and they um, just made it very sugar-candy. So they it it ends completely differently. Yes. Yeah. But... uh it ends abruptly. <laughs> it it ends abruptly, and it mm-hmm. ends completely differently. You yeah. know, the opposite. Oh, to- uh, totally. Yeah, it's right. the opposite. But you've got the same sort of love triangle based right. on the same thing. You know, yeah. the young girl who was in a, you know, escaping mm-hmm. same war, yeah. helped out by this heroic young yeah. guy who, you know, she felt she owed his her life to him and so that's why she was getting married and then she needs the love of her life. Yeah. But in this movie they I don't want to spoil Casablanca. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Right. So yeah. No, that actually it don't it it's not even she doesn't even choose. He chooses for her, making it easy, oh, yeah, easier. Oh I mean he chooses
0: pretty much Well, yeah, (laughs) yes, but we'll get to that. Yeah, Um, I think one of the things that's appealing about this movie is that it is this post-war setting, and doesn't really dwell on the war, but really every character has a connection to the war, in ways that they don't. They don't talk about their trauma Uh about it, but you know, she has a a really kind of a dark backstory that we just get described once. He's a former GI. Uh, there's kind of a, a gag with Milo, the older woman who's she right. lost her husband in the war, but it's yeah. just like he ran off. Um, the his comic sidekick character who we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. he has, this, uh kind of out of nowhere line where he says he did a command performance for Hitler. Oh, I yeah. didn't
1: even know. Remember that.
0: Yeah, when yeah, he was. yeah he, so, so it's like everyone has this connection with the war, but they don't really, really talk about it. Yeah. It's just like they're kind of enjoying this kind of halcyon period uh, where it's just like the, you know, enjoying the spoils of victory. Right? And, and imagine and,
1: Paris in 1950, yeah. when they were filming this, probably. Yeah, I mean, within five to ten years, there were
0: yeah. like, tanks in the streets. I mean, this was... Yeah,
1: like, they were occupied.
0: They were occupied by Nazi Germany, like, not long before this. Yeah,
1: and... Yeah, right.
0: Crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they're just going back to normal, and...
0: Yeah. I wonder Um, if that's also
1: part of the academy of... of why choose this. You know, you're coming uh, out of such a dark time. mm -hmm. We think of now as a dark time, but, like...
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, the... I mean, for several years, it's like the fate of the free world was in the balance, and yeah. people didn't know what was going to happen. And so it's it's almost like there's this... It creates Paris as kind of this dreamlike place, and the, I think the tension in the movie, as thin as the plot is, is just these, uh, you know... Relationships kind of getting in the way of just the the beauty of it, or the tension. It's not so much relationships, but their almost subtle class dynamics. It's it's their his like their lifestyles depend on a benefactor, or they they're depending on the upper stratus to. Uh, get by, and so then they're uh, kind of vulnerable to being used by them. Yeah. And so uh, that's, uh comes through in the Milo storyline, although it's it's fairly comic and not that right. serious. Uh, she's played by Nina Falk. He,
1: he does have, um, his comic sidekick has some pretty funny so lines. So funny. About his... Being a kept man.
0: And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's like, there's surprising references to like his landlady, too, as he's wanting to. She's, she's like, well, you know, just make love to her. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, like that's kind of the benefit. But I like when she gives her name Milo as Venus <laughs> De. And, uh, so, yeah, that's and and it ends, of course, with a famous almost 20 minute ballet sequence. Yeah, what did you think of that?
1: I mean, the thing is that he's there, I wasn't expecting it, but he's really good, yeah, you know, and yeah, she's it, really, you know, I think it's got to be hard to, um. Find somebody to be able to keep up with him, but mm-hmm. and then they. Do, but the whole movie is shot like it's in Paris, but they're clearly not in Paris. Right. They didn't shoot the movie in Paris no. because there's no. It's all staged.
0: Yes, and for the better, I think because yeah. I think it it adds to this layer of this being kind of a fantasia. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's it's almost realistic.
1: like fairy tale. Like exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it kind of, it ends on the Moulin Rouge where it's like there's this huge party. Oh, like right. This woman keeps throwing herself off of the balcony yeah, for why? someone to catch her.
1: <laughs> You're like, stop doing
0: this. <laughs> That's how it always catches her. Um, yes, and they does. have these, everyone has these black and white costumes. Uh-huh. It's just beautiful. And uh, again, then we, get into our the ballet, the American About Paris ballet, which is kind of the movie centerpiece uh-huh. that is uh, it doesn't really move the plot forward. It's Uh-oh. just a showcase for yeah, it's just I mean entertainment. there's this gorgeous fountain that they built that is really amazing. And it's yeah, it's just a showcase for great dancing and costumes yeah. and
1: Yeah. And they did have great dancing and costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: what more do you want? Who could ask for anything more? Who could ask for anything more? (laughs) Yeah, so,
1: uh, yeah, that's interesting. And I hadn't thought about it as being, you know, this is a harder thing to do on television, or at least you didn't see it on television, perhaps, in those days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the dance sequence is its claim to fame. That's probably why it ended up winning in Uh the surprise. It's... You know, post-war, there was this public fascination with the fine arts. And so it's it's kind of, I think people really liked going to movies and seeing ballet and, you
1: know. uh, And they had, that was a nice mix of like tap, Oh yeah, You know, she's clearly very talented ballet, Mm -hmm. ballerina, I should say. Um, But he, he brings this sort of more...
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the first number is a a, bet- a a song called by Strauss, which is a conflict between Henri and Jerry about jazzy jazzy music versus classical
1: yeah, music, and right. so that's
0: kind of the tension you also get in the last. And
1: dance Henri number. doesn't seem to tap dance, but no, Gene Kelly is tap dancing all around him. Yeah, so it must be part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so what other numbers did you like?
1: Uh, well, I, I said before I really like that. One with the kids, he mm-hmm. he just seemed to um, have this good rapport with the kids. Yeah. Like I was wondering did they even have to know any lines or uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, know what I mean? That it looked it looked very he looked very genuine with mm-hmm. the kids. Um, yeah. Uh, so that one really stood out to me. Um, I also love the one where, you know, it's everybody in their little cafe. Yeah. And they've got, you know, just.
0: It's Wonderful?
1: Is that what, which one it was? Yeah.
0: Well, there, that, the first one in the cafe is by Strauss, and then later on is It's Wonderful. Well, I, yeah more tap dancing oh
1: right it's wonderful is when they've got the two guys he and Henri talking about the same woman right and (laughs) get their Uh, comic character (laughs) in the middle just like he's the one who knows he's the only one who realizes Mm -hmm. or knows that they're both talking about the same woman yeah is it the same one where they had like the landlady and whoever runs the cafe oh the
0: first one yeah where like he plays the, the guy plays the emperor yeah that's by Strauss
1: yeah. yeah, that was fun, too. Yeah, it was
0: fun. I really like the band. piano number with um, Oscar Levant, who plays the um, friend. I, I didn't really know what's his name. Sam? No. What's his name? Oh, I never remember anybody's name. Oscar Levant plays the guy. He actually has a... He's not really an actor. He, he's, he had been in a couple movies before, but he's a concert pianist. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but he's hilarious in this. I thought, but yeah. I love the number. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Where he plays tralala, to... and um, on the piano, and then Gene Kelly is just. I love how you get his personality. Just he has this kind of effervescent charm, uh-huh. and he's just so excited at that moment. And he's uh, he's kind of coming out of his flat into his friends. And um, yeah, like getting on the piano, and yeah. it's just it's right, a yeah, terrific yeah, yeah. number.
1: Right. And they you keep seeing the camera kind of move in, yeah, and move out. Really neat because uh, you it seemed like they're actually filming in a fairly small space, mm-hmm. and so they had to keep yeah. the movement going along. with Yeah, yeah that's, that's great.
0: Right. And even aside from the music, what did you make of that opening narration? Where well, they kind of trade trade off. Uh, remind me of the opening
1: narration.
0: So it yeah. begins with Jerry introducing the movie, right? And he says, "You know, I live up uh, yeah. here." And then it trades it off to Oscar Levant because uh-huh. he brings up his friend, and he yeah. goes, "Oh, that's me." Right. And so he, he kind of does a narration, and then hands it off uh-huh. to Henry. Yeah. I mean, and
1: a, a week later, I didn't remember
0: it. But yeah. <laughs> no, I really liked. It. I thought. I think it's. It's just really, a
1: charming movie.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's a very charming movie. I like how, in that introduction, they're all kind of misidentified, where it's like, oh no, that's not me. I'm oh, not right, here.
1: Hey, yes, that's right.
0: And I see that as an influence on 101 Dalmatians, because that yeah. kind of opens the same way where Pongo's oh, right. narrating and it shows um, Roger and it goes, no, no, not me. Yeah. I'm the one with the pause, right. right? Right. Yeah, and then response. also kind of like how, yeah, Which when they're watching time other time dogs. I that. That's 1961, so okay. and, uh, 10 years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I like that connection. Um, yeah. Um,
1: get down, Lucky, get
0: down. <laughs> yes.
1: I had never heard of this actress, Dancer.
0: Leslie Caron? Yeah. Yeah, she was. She's plucked out of the ballet. She's 19, I think, here. So this is her first movie. Yeah. uh,
1: She seems pretty poised, though.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, she's definitely a great ballet. Oh, and also from that intro, you have the camera kind of pans to the mirror, and then we see her kind of acting out the little... Descriptions that Henri is giving of her, and then you see her, um, her how she just moves on her toes. Yeah, it's just just amazing. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: it must have been, you know, I mean, they just they had to have picked her because of her dancing, Mm -hmm. and then she just happened to also be able to act.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's also in Gigi, which was. One best Picture right? That's
1: in pretty
0: good. 1958. Okay. Also directed by Vincent Minnelli. So,
1: okay.
0: He had two best Picture winners in the 50s. Wow. Um, and so, and perhaps one of the things that doesn't quite age so well is their. Dynamic. He's a little bit aggressive yeah. in his corpse. Yes, he is. It's, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't do that now. We were laughing about that. Oh my interview. gosh. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's a stalker.
1: Yeah. Just,
0: yeah, so that's... what.
1: It reminds <laughs> me of that, um, you know, the kids, you know, he's only a bill. One of those things. What Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. And they have the um, interjections and they've got that one where it's like, you know, hey oh, you're good looking you know, like <laughs> she's initially offended at him but then yeah. goes along
0: and yeah, it, it I mean, very much is,
1: doesn't hold up when it was just like yeah. so don't, I won't, no, no ooh, you're kind of
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: but yeah that's, that's kind of what she did it was like, no, no, well
0: yeah, and just like, it doesn't really give her a reason to come around, and, no, and this is it doesn't. It's not like just that same scene. It's like he like lies to her friend to get her phone number, yeah, and then yeah. like he shows calls up. her and shows up at her work, and it's yeah, pretty. And then he and makes a joke about wearing a hat, and then she's like, "Okay, you've been yeah." And then exactly, there's very the, little tension in their relationship other than that she's yeah. already engaged. Yeah. Uh, but you know the movie is not yeah it's famous not a, for it's, its plot
1: yeah it's not about that yeah it's about the costumes and the dancing and the lightness yeah. and
0: the yeah it's no singing in the rain no, no. I did like singing in the uh, rain was, better I yeah just, it's not having even in watched the same.
1: them within a week of each other yeah yeah.
0: Uh, that has, uh, the dancing is, and singing is just probably better and has a cracking cracking story. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, That his sidekick
0: in the, in the rain. Oh, yeah. he yeah. had
1: that one sort of solo dance scene that
0: was. Make him laugh.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's
0: iconic. I mean. That's that's, look it stuffing. up, people. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for what it is, and, uh, you know, it's see when the rank came out the next year and it well, did not even get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. And I always wonder if some of that is just maybe the backlash to this surprise yeah. win. Right. That's like, okay, well, we don't want to do another MGM musical. Yeah. You know, looking back, it's like, yeah, that's much better movie than The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, it
1: is interesting because A Streetcar Named Desire is more well-known. Yeah. More, con- I mean, in my view, I mean... Yeah, well... It, I didn't know An American in Paris, and I did know A Streetcar Named Desire, so...
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very famous. Um. Uh, one of... Yeah, it introduced Marlon Brando, who's the, really considered still one of the most iconic yeah. film performances. Yeah, um, and 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 I think part of the reason is just maybe vote splitting, just because *Place in the Sun* and *Streetcar* are so similar, mm-hmm. and they're both so good mm-hmm. that I I just think that you know when you have a list of five movies, I mean you could win with like 27 or so percent of the vote. Right. So it's, it yeah. could be like almost half of the Academy voted for either p- place in the center streetcar, but yeah. 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 So anything else on, on American in Paris? Yeah. It was just fun to
1: watch. Yeah, nice right, change it of was pace. a good change of pace. We've gone yeah. from million dollar baby to nomad land to Kramer mm-hmm. versus Kramer to ordinary people. And yeah. now American in Paris, very different. Very different. Yeah. So what were the, it looked like there were some really skewed ratings, uh, rankings for an American in Paris.
0: Um, yeah, I can go back to that. Oh, uh, just in the, um, so we put the, we made, I made the list from just an aggregate of eight different lists. And it's like, initially I had it at 65, which uh-huh. is. Uh, it might be a little wild but not. I think it might be around the sixties, yeah. kind of. I mean, that's where right. Hamlet ended up, and right. Uh, I think it's probably yeah. That but like Rotten got Tomatoes down had into it the eighties, right?
1: Rotten Tomatoes had it as twenty one. Twenty one. You were slant. sort of middle yeah.
0: Middle of, yeah. Yeah. yeah already, so it was kind of all over the map. Yeah. Um. It did get some bonus points for finishing number sixty-eight on AFI's nineteen ninety-seven list of okay. the hundred greatest American movies. Uh huh. And on um, they shoot pictures, don't they? Top one thousand rank, at ranks seven hundred and eighty-fifth.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. So then, what did it win?
0: Um, it won,
1: it, or what was it? Not. I mean, it won for best picture.
0: It won for Best Picture. It won six. Well, it was nominated for eight. eight oh, wow. A lot. Yeah, it got eight nominations. No acting nominations. One of the okay. few Best Picture, well, relatively few Best Picture winners that didn't get out acting nominations. So, yeah, it won six. Okay. So, Best Picture, we got Screenplay, a... a and then, uh, obviously, scoring, costume design, set scoring decoration, soundtrack, uh, the music. So it's a musical adaptation, even though uh-huh. the songs themselves weren't written for the movie. Right. Just the so the
1: scoring. scoring. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Wait. And there were
0: different categories then for musical and dramatic score.
1: Okay, so so, so it got best picture, mm-hmm. best, scoring, screenplay too, screenplay. story and screenplay. Yeah. Really. So, that's a little...
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's the... Place in the Sun, Street Streetcar Named Desire were both adaptations, so they're in a different category. Oh, okay. Which, and so that's why it was kind of... Because a lot of times in, when you get a big surprise, you can kind of tell during the Oscar ceremony that, okay, you know, Shakespeare in Love is beating Saving Private Ryan at all these other categories, so uh-huh. maybe something's brewing. But here... Place in the Sun going into Best Picture, American Paris had won five and Place in the Sun had won six, and it was there was a divide in, you know, screenplay between adaptation Mm -hmm. and story, score between dramatic and musical. And then at this time, the a lot of the technical categories, um, cinematography, production design, and costume design were separated into color and black and white. Oh, So they were both winning, and so it's not like an American Paris had had beat A Place yeah, in the Sun at anything. Right. In fact, the one time they went up, a Best Director, where they went head-to-head, A Place in the Sun won. George Stevens okay. won Best Director. And so that's why, you know, A uh, Place in the Sun kind of looked like it was cleaning up, but it won six already. Yeah. And then, yeah, an American Paris won. Okay. Uh, Best Picture. Three of the four acting awards went to a streetcar named Desire, which wow. is the first time that happened. It happened again with Network in 76. Um, but Vivian Lee won her second Best Actress award. And then Kim Hunter and Karl Malden won the supporting awards. Oh, Marlon Brando. Marlon did Brando's well, one of the iconic great performances of all time did not win. He lost to Humphrey Bogart. Oh. Kind of a career achievement award, but for the um, African Queen. Okay. Um, Which was also this year. Um, And so uh, it was kind of an upset, but it's not unusual for kind of a a late career for someone who hadn't won before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Marlon Brown was the only one from a streetcar that didn't win. Wow, even when a few years later, from we will get to it.
1: on the waterfront.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's the um, Oscars. You want to can you come up with a limerick? Oh, limerick for an American in Paris. Uh,
1: okay, yeah. So ChatGPT says there once was a film called Paris with Gene Kelly. With Gene Kelly, it surely won't embarrass. An American in town dancing his way around. This classical musical sure is
0: cherished. Yeah. All right. They yeah. kind of got that one a yeah. Sometimes it's a little rusty. Yeah. Um, so the nominations, the, the when we went through the Losers, it looked like a good year in movies. You know what else?
1: I really feel like they should have said there once was a film called American in Paris mm-hmm. with Gene Kelly. It surely won't embarrass. You know, I think you could have said the yeah. whole thing without... You should be the
0: chat GPT um, poetic. poetic No, maybe I should be
1: the, I prefer to be the critic. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah, so do you know what else came out in 1951? I do not. Well, yes, Uh, I know you mentioned something African Queen. Yeah, African Queen. Yeah. I have seen
1: that. I think I have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a riverboat guide. Yeah, Catherine Hepburn is kind of a a, a menace. um, It's set in the Congo. He rides a riverboat, Uh and she's a a missionary. Oh, okay. And he's kind of rough, and she's prim and proper, and uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's a good lineup. Chaos and Zeus. Yeah, they're both very good. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train oh, wow. was also this year. Wow, You've seen that, right? Uh, probably. I think you have. That's yeah. where the they meet on a train. One of them's kind of crazy and has this idea that they swap murders. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: It's one of Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. best meet. well, I mean, that's it's a stack deck, but Uh, It's one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um,
1: This was a really really good good year for movies. Really good year for
0: movies. Uh, There's also Ace in the Hole, kind of a a great Billy Wilder movie with um, Kirk Douglas. Uh, No, this one's actually pretty serious. It's about a down on the select reporter that kind of goes to a rural town um, and there's a a cave in at a mine, and he's uh, it's kind of a cynical take on reporters because he's more anxious to kind of get the story and kind of exploit the situation than uh-huh. about the actual human beings involved. Uh, I think it's really a strong movie. The uh, Disney's Alice in Wonderland was this year, oh, yeah, yeah. and nice movie. also The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is an alien invasion movie that. It's kind of a B-movie at the time, but it um, would come to be seen as kind of a Cold War allegory, and um, it's, it's um, become a classic. Okay. It's directed by Robert Wise, who had started out as an editor. He was the editor of a movie called Citizen Kane. Uh, uh, so I've heard uh, of that. Yeah. Are we going to get to we, that? We'll, or no, it no, lost to it something. It lost to something. We'll, we'll get it. to How Green was... No. Oh. It lost to How Green was by Valley, which we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, but probably we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we will get to Robert Wise twice, because oh. he also directed West Side Story. Okay. And he directed The Sound of Music. Oh, okay. Very very different from Alien Invasion movies. Right, But okay. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that's basically it for 1951. I, I should touch on Rashomon. It's a little with foreign movies. The year can sometimes be a little difficult because it did win best foreign language film at this Oscars, mm-hmm. but it was released in Japan in 1950. So oh, okay. like if you look it up, it normally says it as a 1950 movie. It won Best Foreign Language Film in 1951, but then it, won, it was nominated for production design in 1952. Oh, wow. So I, I believe it would have been eligible for Best Picture in 1952, so that's why I didn't make a slide for it. But anyways, mm-hmm. Rashomon by Akira Kurosawa is just one of the great movies of all time. Really? It's the term Rashomon effect kind of comes from this movie where it's it's just it's set in medieval Japan, and a crime takes place, and you just see the same story by each of the witnesses, uh-huh. and okay. uh, and it's about how their stories are conflict with each other. Oh, and okay. so the Rashomon effect is that um, unreliability of, of witnesses, and yeah. been other. There's a movie called Vantage Point that okay. you know does yeah, that yeah. as well, and um, the nights. Um, one from a year or so ago did that in the medieval setting, but I don't think it was eligible for this year. Okay, that's that. Are we ready that's to see a... what's coming up next? Yeah.
1: What is? Well, you have to guess yeah. one.
0: Cause... So, what do you think is coming up next?
1: Well, I have Marty, No Country for Old Men, Amadeus, Parasite, and Platoon. Probably not going to be one. Of Except for maybe Marty. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, maybe Platoon. I don't know about Okay. We'll it's going to be hard
1: to tell for Platoon. And then
0: what about um, you? Um, yeah. So we're looking at number 46. Mm-hmm. It's not going to match the year because that would be best years of our lives. And that's not going to happen. Uh, you can, I, I think you can take it with you, is Uh Also, Gladiator. And mm-hmm. Lost Weekend. Slumdog Millionaire. And... I think I'm going to pick the Hurt Locker. Okay.
1: 2009, the Hurt Locker about um, EOD guy.
0: Yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, who
1: was just in a snowmobile accident or something.
0: Alright. So we're looking at number 46 already.
1: 46?
0: Yeah. Cruising. Cruising. Oh, How Green Was My Valley. Yeah. We were just talking about that.
1: Oh, yeah. Neither one of us have chosen that. No. Oh, this is, is the one interest. that Citizen Kane lost to. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about that. Okay. Okay, well, um, I'm surprised that's below um the last weekend in the 40s. But, yeah, here we go. How Green Was My Valley. How Green Was My Valley. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we'll be talking about next week. Yeah. So until then. Until then. Take a look at How Green Was My Valley, and then you can discuss it with us next week. Yep. Bye. Yeah. So until then. Until then. Take a look at How Green Was My Valley, and then you can discuss it with us next week. Yep. Bye. (laughs)